episode number 97 of the Tech Sales Insights, uh, brought to you by Sales Community. Uh, really excited to have MJ, Leslie, and Larry Irvin with us today. How are you guys doing? Really good, Randy. Awesome. That's great. And uh, we're sponsored uh, today by the uh, value selling sponsor of Sales Community, DecisionLink. It's an awesome uh, value selling platform. It's uh, amazing that for you know, something that's been around for so long in terms of the concept of value selling that there's not more companies uh, companies like that. So uh, definitely uh, go check out DecisionLink. And for those that are members of Sales Community, thanks. For those that are not, you can go to salescommunity.com and uh, there's a, uh, at the top, uh, it says, I think, summer free and Tucker's in the midst of changing it to fall free. So then you can uh, get a free uh, free membership. So our t- uh, title topic today is what is a CRO anyway? Uh, we had some scheduling conflicts, so we were able to uh, marry up uh, MJ and Larry. So I think this should be a very cool, uh, cool uh, episode for sure. So by way of background, uh, MJ and I only, truthfully, I think j- just met this year through uh, Steve McGraw when you're looking for some recruiting help. So you know, certainly know you've got a, a great background and uh, from you know, are preparing for this. I think you've got a, lo- a lot of great uh, expertise. And uh, interestingly enough, kind of MJ coming more from the marketing side, uh, Larry more from more from the uh, sales side. Uh, MJ does live in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So you for sure are our first person from uh, from Hal- Halifax. We've had some other Canadians, but uh, first, uh, did you say Nova Scotian? Yeah, Nova Scotian, East Coaster. There you go, East Coaster. There you go, and um, you might see on LinkedIn she had a, a great post about her sister and friends uh, helping her make some homemade uh, taco t- tortillas. Uh, so it looked like a fun experience, and uh, I assume the tequila bar is next. That's right. That's the stretch goal. There you go. All right. So uh, <laughs> drinking and eating, no, no surprise to any uh, diehard Canadian. And uh, uh, on the other hand, Larry and I have known each other for a while. Uh, working together back in the days of uh, storage tech and then Sun uh, and then uh, a lot together at uh, HP and then went on. Uh, we overlapped a bit with uh, Actifio, doing some things at Wabi, now uh, doing uh, Black Diamond Revenue Advisors. And uh, Larry, I know firsthand, definitely has interest in uh, e- eating and drinking as well, but also golf, uh, golf <laughs> family and lives in uh, the Boston area in uh, Bolton. So uh, maybe we'll just jump right into it here. So maybe uh, you each can tell us a little bit. I always like to highlight kind of what your first job was, and then maybe kind of take us through your career uh, briefly. Uh, uh, MJ, maybe you first. Yeah, sure. Um, So I got bit by the startup bug very early on in my career. It was actually right out of school. Um, I took a placement with a flyer of a tech startup company that um, went on to be actually Canada's, I think, largest healthcare IT exit. Um, so I cut my teeth with them, but definitely uh, got the bug and have since done, this will be my third, uh, well, now my fourth, because it's my own startup, but um, I've done three successful ones. And most recently, uh, spent the last seven years with LifeRaft, which is a security platform in the SaaS world, and have built that team and took over the, I was their chief growth officer, which is kind of another synonymous term for the revenue officer, um, and took them to the next level. And then just recently, as of yesterday, um, announced my newest venture, which is called Chapter 3. And it's a sales and consulting company for kind of early stage startup companies or mid-stage startup companies looking to figure out problems within their marketing or their sales operations teams. Awesome. And uh, Larry, same to you. uh, First job and then go through your career. 
Yeah, absolutely. So first job was in, was in tech by just dumb blind luck. I, I wrapped up uh, my degree at University of Colorado and my parents gave me the boot and said, time to go get a job and pay for yourself. And uh, I ended up working at uh, what was a computer products distributor at the time, selling to resellers that were integrating PCs back in the early 90s, right? So you know, phone, computer, phone book, and, you know, 100 outbound dials and five hours of talk time every day, minimum report on your desk the next morning. Um, so, you know, I, I, I sort of fell into tech and, and really enjoyed it. I love the challenge and, and that sort of thing. And, and just how fast it changes. And you just got to be a student in the game nonstop. So through the course of the last three decades or so since then, um, you have spent time in, in the computer uh, or the uh, software development tool space, got into the infrastructure side and that's, you know, that's where uh, Randy and I met um, and we bat, you know, double back to HPE and, and work with Randy a little bit there after he started his consulting and then, you know, got into the security space the last couple of years, which, you know, the, the good news over the course of that uh, stretch of time, I don't know that I would necessarily call it wisdom. My wife probably wouldn't let me call it wisdom, but experience that was gained turns out to be a little bit marketable. So I, I've uh, been doing some consulting the past couple of years as well. Wow, awesome. And then uh, MJ, your uh, chapter three uh, new consulting endeavor that just started, what, yesterday? Yeah, so I've been working with a few clients over the summer, uh, but yesterday was the official launch and uh, yeah, we're ready to go publicly. So that was exciting. That's great. Maybe tell us more in terms of some of the things that you're doing. Yeah, so on the service area side, a lot of it, so my background's different than Larry's because I actually came from the communications side. So I was, um, my degree's in public relations. So communications is definitely my passion and then went through um, marketing. Never thought I would be in sales, was pretty hard against it um, for a long time. And then with LifeRaft, that definitely consumed into um, an overarching group of marketing and sales and customer success and kind of all the things that encompass that. Um, So taking some of those hard lessons learned um, from what I saw on the growth side of LifeRaft from kind of as the fifth employee, I think, um, up until today, and they've hit some really great milestones. There's a lot of lessons learned. Um, I would say on the sales operation side, specifically for early to mid-stage startups, it can be very difficult because it's not a one-size-fits-all, and it is a lot in understanding and incorporating both marketing, um, the go-to-market strategy, I'd say the customer journey, um, just defining what that looks like, understanding how to do outreach in a meaningful way, um, and then kind of encompassing that as a holistic approach was really what I'm trying to bring um, to clients through Chapter 3. Oh, that's great. So from a lessons learned perspective, maybe uh, maybe highlight two things that you can share. Um, so I would say from the biggest lesson is you have to pivot. Um, not making a decision quick enough can be very detrimental. Um, so with, I'd say, all of the companies I've worked for, there's just things that arise that either the market has changed or your company has changed that not recognizing that and, and being able to kind of turn it can be very difficult. The other one is interdepartmental um, connectivity, I would say, is one of the things, if you have only of your organization that's isolated, um, that can even if it's not part of the sales operations group, if it's a product issue, for instance, they really do need to have an in-depth kind of conversation and open lines of communication to make sure that the teams are growing and and kind of tracking at the same pace. Otherwise, you're going to have a bit of a misaligned team in kind of how you're going to market. 
Yeah, that's great. And I would imagine you've got a good uh, line card, sort of speak, of things that you're doing. But my bet is you're going to quickly find the uh, sales ops and rev ops is probably the one that's in the the, the most demand because I think I, I see that's the one that's most kind of screwed up everywhere. Yeah, it does. <laughs> seem, and I'm not completely um, sure why, but even since yesterday, the overwhelming kind of response is definitely within that space. So I think there is a lot of options, not that the market is saturated necessarily, but there's a lot of options for marketing agencies or outsourcing some of that work, where with sales, because it's so internal and you have to understand both the customer and the company so in depth that it does seem that the kind of sales operations umbrella seems to be an area where a lot of companies, especially in the earlier stage, need some assistance. That's great. And I'd encourage you and you know, Larry as well as we uh, talk about your consulting that they're, um, you know, within sales community, you probably got, you know, point of views on different topics or things that come up that, you know, kind of posting anything to help with engagement. And then they see that's your name. You're not necessarily soliciting, but they'll say, yeah. hey, wow, you know, had, had a good point of view, you know, want to follow up. So that might, might help you get, get more, get more business as well. So now, Larry, you are doing Black Diamond Consulting. So you're focused um, more on the sales side, right? Yeah, exactly, Randy. And, and, you know, really sort of early stage tech companies, seed stage, A stage companies. And sort of the problem I see, and, and I, I think what MJ is doing around, uh, you know, sales ops and rev ops is, is huge and super important. And I think even, you know, a while back when you had Chris Riley on, he talked about how critical he thinks that function is regardless of stage of the company. Um, and, and that's kind of my observation as well, right? So if you think about the the series, the uh, seat stage and series A type of companies, you know, they're trying to find that, you know, the right messaging, the right ideal fit, the right market to go after. They've got this, you know, problem they're solving, but they need to be sort of rifle focused so they can go and get those first 10 or 20 customers. Mm -hmm. And the best way you can do that is to understand the data, right? So your beta customers and, and those sorts of folks um, you know, as you, as you gather them, why did they buy? How did they fund it? What was the problem they're solving? What was the cost of the problem? What's the value of the solution? Yeah. All those sorts of things. And, and, you know, bleeds nicely into a decision like being our, our sponsor too. Right. I mean, um, all those things are super important and that's where I, you know, I think I come in and I help a founder cause they're in a position typically where they've taken in some money now, now they've got responsibility to investors or they've got a note they've got to deal with at the seed stage and you know, they want to ramp up revenue as fast as they possibly can, but they still don't know the answers to a lot of those questions. Their, their sort of knee-jerk reaction is, hey, I'm going to go hire a sales leader and we'll go figure all this stuff out. My argument is that's a, that's a big expense and a big chunk of your investment that maybe you know is, is too early. You really need more individual contributors. You can have somebody like me come in and, and help you to structure some of your process and go to market and messaging and get focused and 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 tooling and process and all those sorts of things um, while you're out, you know, grasping, capturing, you know, those first initial customers to set yourself up to really know what you need in terms of a profile for a sales leader. So a little bit of a stopgap, you know, between when they hit the market and when they're ready to really bring somebody in and, and formalize their go-to-market. Yeah, that's great. So it sounds like you guys are uh, very complimentary. Maybe we'll have a uh, chapter three black diamond uh, merger here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so moving on, we have our title topic is what is a CRO anyway? So, uh, you know, MJ, how do you think of uh, defining a CRO? Yeah. Um, so I always say, and it was a kind of an ongoing joke that like 
sales, we keep the lights on. So a CRO's job is to keep the lights on um, at the very kind of simplest form. And on the more macro, I would say it's everything from sales generation through to the processes that manage that, the different departments that are involved in generating or retaining um, some of that revenue. So anything that falls within that big wide umbrella can be um, part of that. And I think that Larry and I were chatting kind of on what stage of that makes sense for a company, because if you only have five people, um, that's a, a pretty small umbrella. But as you grow, kind of just understanding and looking at what departments make sense in the revenue generation versus retainment um, kind of section to definitely define the CRO role. There you go. Sounds good, Larry. Anything you'd uh, add or change to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I just just the one thing I would add to that is I think in the world of of SaaS, right, and this is kind of the direction that you know most technology companies are going in on-prem software, is sort of you know slowly going away. Um, you know, now you're really focused on not just you know acquiring customers but retaining customers. And you know, when I think about a CRO, I think about you know an umbrella that says, all right, everything that it is revenue oriented, keeping and and acquiring. It's, it's important to be consistent in the look and the feel from the customer to the client and that they've got that, you know, you've got to re remember you're, you're always selling. You've got a renewal coming up at some point and that sort of thing. And regardless if it's if it's the sales team or, or it's customer success, um, you know, everybody's got to kind of have that, um, that mindset and having somebody at the, at the top of that sort of pyramid to keep everybody focused and aligned, I think is, is super critical. Yeah. So, Larry, thinking about the kind of stage of the company, right? So, if you got a startup, yeah, may you know may not be the right thing to have kind of a CRO. So, how do you think about the kind of stage of a company relative to having a, a CRO versus a VP of Sales versus just player coach? Yeah, I mean, I think as I sort of talked about a, a bit um, a minute ago, you know, if you're a C stage company, you got to be thinking everybody as an individual contributor, right? Everybody's in sales. Everybody's got to go out and, and find customers, land customers, drive deals. And you may have somebody that's called the VP of sales or, or, or a CRO, call them whatever you want. They're, they're really out trying to acquire customers. And I think as you, as you, you know, gain some repeatability and you get into that, that spot where you're like, all right, I think we, I think we've got enough here that we can, you know, get out of startup and maybe early stages of scale and series A and maybe even getting into series B, um, you know, you start, you start getting into that. All right. We start, we need to have a structure, right. And we need to have um, separate disciplines within marketing, within sales, within customer success, that consistent, you know, sort of look and feel I think is key, you know, but too early stage, you're just, you're creating, you're creating layers and structure that uh, creates inefficiency when you, you can least afford inefficiency. So to me, as you scale, it becomes more and more important. And then you get to a point maybe where, you know, you're of a size that maybe those, those pieces have to start breaking apart. And then the last thought I, I guess I would have there is less stage oriented and, you know, sort of who's on the bus oriented. Because some, sometimes you have founders that come into the company and they've got somebody they love for marketing and they're one of the first hires or customer success. And they're one of the first hires. You kind of have to take that into account organizationally and culturally. How's it, how's it going to work? Is a CMO going to want to roll into a CRO if they've, they've got a lot of experience? Maybe not. Gotcha. MJ, anything to add? Yeah, I, I think he's spot on with um, on two things and, and what Larry's doing on the consulting side, I think plays well into this is 
when you're that early and you're still trying to kind of prove out the 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 market, having somebody that can be tactical and actually do you know get their hands dirty and and help build that book of business is very different than when you're moving into a larger stage and have built um, kind of a, a recurring business book. And where I have seen both personally within the organizations I've worked for and now who I'm working for, um, the SaaS companies I'm working with on the sales ops side, there does seem to be kind of a tipping point when you have a solid and now, you know, often it's much larger reoccurring book of business than the net new side. Um, that's where things get a little bit tricky. And there's that old adage of, um, like models are great, but they're usually wrong. And that is, I think, where kind of pivoting and, and assessing when you get to certain stages or when you're hitting um, certain revenue lines, that you have to look at what does this team look like now and who's responsible for how much of what side of the revenue? And does it make sense? Maybe not on a C-suite level, but does it make sense to bring in a VP level that can um, look after one side or the other so that they still are collective and, and working towards the same goal, but have very different mandates? 